Fitz. Payne and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier. With more than 30 coverage options available, Progressive has you covered more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Now, obviously, uh, this is a little bit of bonus time. If you're hanging out with us on Spain and Fitz, we really appreciate it. Uh, Obviously, the World Series going on. Don't want to ignore that. We'll keep you updated on any happenings that we get through that over the course of the week. But this is what we're going to be doing. So we'll be able to turn the page and give you a little bit of other Spain and Fitz content. And it starts with an incredible interview. I can't believe this is happening with Sarah out. But we are going to get to talk to Bears safety. Tashawn Gibson right now on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Uh, Tashawn, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. The Bears get a little bit of grief for not always passing the eye test, air quotes, but the record is what the record is. So I'll ask you, how good is Chicago? You know, at the end of the day, no matter what the outside uh, perception may be, uh, obviously we hear it and we understand it, but I think that no matter at the end of the day, no matter what the outside perception possibly could be, we're winning and we're 5-1. and one. And at the end of the day, that's what you can hang your head on. There's some games that they might not be the prettiest, but as long as we get the job done, and I think that we get the job done. So uh, that's our attitude. That's how we feel about it. We'll win games three to two if we have to. That's just the Chicago way, and we understand that way, and we're okay with that as long as the wins continue to uh, progress. I think everybody's ha- happy and satisfied with it. You know, and that's a funny thing, Tashawn, because I keep thinking about 2020. And in 2020 particularly, just the ability to find a way to win seems to be an admirable character from a team. So, like, when you look at this Bears team, what is it about this team that seems to have that knack? I think it's just the grind and the grit between a lot of guys. And we all have a common goal. There's no egos, no matter the, the, you know, we have guys on the Hall of Fame level. Um, we have perennial pro bowlers and, 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 you know, just a lot of guys that, that could, that, that, that rightfully so can walk around with egos and things of that nature. But a lot of guys put that to the side, man. We playing this one, one unit, one group. It's not offense versus defense or vice versa. Um, guys is not worried about who's getting the spotlight and the shine. You have a bunch of guys who just want to win football games. And when you have that, I think it's a whole lot easier to string these wins. Uh, together as we have been doing. You know, there's been games where we've been down and there's been games where we didn't play a full four quarters, yet we was able to be resilient and come out with wins. So I think for us, uh, generally, man, it's just a bunch of guys that love the game of football, and we understand that we was underdogs coming in. I know a lot of people picked us not to even win five games uh, for the total of the season, for us to be sitting at five and one. Just a bunch of hungry guys, man, and I think that our common goal has been the same, and that's why we've been able to have success so early. We're talking to Bears safety to Sean Gibson on Spain and Fitz. So, you know, I, I love the fact that I get to talk to a defensive player about this because I've been talking to every analyst in Bristol trying to figure this out. Everybody always says defense is going to be ahead of offense, usually when a season starts. This season, other than you guys, most of the league seems to be struggling to play defense. Like, what's the trickiest part for defenses to try and catch up with in 2020 with all the COVID restrictions? You know, go, if, 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 if you go back and, you know, Playing defense, it's it, it just something that, that over time you just you, you begin to find your groove, and it's not just going out there and running a 10-yard in route. You can do those in your sleep. It, we have to – there's so many fundamentals of the game that as a defensive, uh, as a defensive player, you just can't duplicate. You can't, you can't simulate, so you have to actually feel it. And, and COVID really uh, disrupt the time and the, the way that a lot of guys prepare. So, you know, naturally, it, in my opinion, I always thought that – Coming to the season, it will be a, a, a lack of defense. Therefore, because guys still got to get their, in their groove, their feet wet, man, tackling, getting back used to tackling. Guys took off eight months. You know, running and training and, and, and lifting weights could never compare to the game of football and the things that you were doing in the game. 
And I think yeah. that uh, for us, we personally, man, we took the smallest things, man, whether it's even during uh, the beginning phase of training camp, just working on tackling and, and priding ourselves on saying that we're going we're gonna to do the little things right, man, because we, we understood that time was against us. So there's a credit to the coaching staff and everything, how they prepared us uh, once we was able to get the ball rolling in late August to be prepared for the season. So, man, I, I think that's more of a testament to the coaching staff and everything like that and the players that they have to be able to go out there and execute the little things even without – it being live bullets and it's been translated so far. You know, that's really interesting to me to Sean, because you know, it's a a constant question in the NFL, especially with tackling. Like it seems like with the limitations on padded practices, I always look at it, even at the college level. Like I'm trying to figure out if you're not great at tackling, how do you get great at tackling? What's the key when you guys are practicing those fundamentals to how do you guys manage that with everything that sort of is collectively bargained for what you guys have to do? You know, I think that that's one of the things that's tough. You just got to simulate. You just truly have to go out there and simulate uh, movement skills. You got to simulate um, everything that's leading up to to finding and forming a perfect tackle. You know, like I say, I, I wasn't able to, to – a lot of guys wasn't able to kind of get their feet wet and, 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 and you know, had these preseason games where you can kind of fix the, 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 the sloppy mistakes and the jitters, I guess you could say. Um, it's just the small things, you know, how you got to press and step on a guy's toes, the, the rapping, doing everything that you could physically instead of taking your teammate to the ground. And I think that uh, we was big on that this training camp. And, you know, even if you knew us a lot, if it was a tag-off period, coaches want to see you be in position to make sure, would you have made that? Am I confident that you would have made that tackle based on your position, even in tag-off period? So it just was ingrained in our mind as a defense throughout this whole time. And, and you know, guys understood that. We was behind the ball from 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 just like a fundamental standpoint, and you know, so it was it, it was just more more. You just had to be more dialed in on you know the small parts of tackling. We're talking to Bear Safety to Sean Gibson. So I always find it interesting, too, when you talk about the offensive side of the ball, it's about getting a quarterback in rhythm. That's what everybody looks for early in the game. When you're playing on a great defense, where's that moment early in the game for you where you know you guys got it that day and you've got that rhythm? Oh, man. You know, it's it, it can be a lot of different things. It can be, you know, it, it, it can be the way that, you know, these, these linebackers are getting down hand in a run game. And it might be like it's going to be one of those days or it might be a week where, you know, the line is, is getting after them. So it's going to be a long day for the quarterback. You know, those moments, they come. When they come, you just know it. And, and, and it's kind of crazy that you said because I can't explain to you when it happens, but when it happens, that momentum on the defense, man, it shifts, man. And, and fortunately in Carolina, man, we was able to come out hot. Um, first drive, you know, kind of set the tone and we just kind of, uh, you know, handled it from there. Offense was able to continue to go out there and do things that put points on the board. The defense, we just caught our stride early. And, you know, it was just it, – it, it was our type of game. You know, obviously they will make plays. They, they, they're they paid as well. Um, but, you know, I think that when you catch that momentum and you catch that early in, in, in games like we was able to do Sunday, I think that this defense is just – it's tough to beat once we're rolling like that. We're talking to Tashawn Gibson, Bears safety. So when you, you know, obviously you're not on the offensive side of the ball, but you're standing on the sideline, you're watching your offense. I got to ask you about the quarterback change, obviously. Nick Foles comes in. What have you seen from Foles uh, that has sort of stood out to you? You know, I think that, you know, from the time he's been here, man, he, he he's a good teammate. And I'm not saying that Mitch isn't. Mitch is a good teammate as well. I, I lock him next to Mitch. Um, but, you know, Foles is – just from what I've seen, man, he 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 he's just he, he's a good teammate, he's a good dude first and foremost, and you know he just seemed comfortable out there, 
Um, he, he he looks very comfortable. And, you know, from the time that just the, the times that I'm not dialed in to whatever we got going on on defense, you know, corrections and things of that nature, he, he just a guy, man, I haven't seen him seem like he panicked not once this year, man. And we've been in some ugly bouts some, some, some times where it looked like, hey, I don't know how we're going to crawl back out of here. But, man, he never seemed to he never seemed to, to, to flinch, in my opinion, to just – uh, personally, what I've seen, man, and 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 that's a big attribute that 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 go unnoticed by a lot of things, man. When you got a guy that's running that's running the show and controlling the show, man, and, and this guy just got a cool, calm, collective uh, approach to the game. Is he the he he have a lot of faith in the defense, or he just a confident guy, man, or both of them? But you know, you you have to respect that, man. And I've been impressed with him um, as a player as well as off the field, man, as a teammate. So you guys next up have Monday night football against the Rams. It's such a weird year. Like, for your mindset when you're going in and you don't have necessarily huge packed stadiums, everything feels different. Right. What's Monday night? Like, what are you anticipating for a feel for Monday night against the Rams? Uh, you know, playing by us being able to have a, a Thursday night game, which is a primetime game, essentially. Um, you know, it was kind of the first time that you was able to get this 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 primetime feel without fans and you know typically those games are you know a little more intense man it's the only game being played on that particular day and things like that but it's a little different that's why it was refreshing when we went to Carolina Carolina was able to have some fans and and, and though it was I mean com- it, compared to what we're used to as coming into these stadiums being packed out I mean it was minimal but just that having fans there and being able to interact whether you know hearing a trash talking or, or hearing your, your 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 fans rooting for you uh that that right there just kind of brought back so many memories that you know as a player I was fortunate enough to spend my first eight years where there was plenty of fans seeing plenty of packed out stadiums and it kind of just made you miss how the game was man but at the end of the day we have a job to do. So, you know, that's probably the smallest thing on our mind. It's a little weird these days. But, you know, I think that the season continue to progress and, you know, you continue to do this, I think that you'll be getting numb to it. It's not as surreal as it was my first two weeks. My first time coming to Soldier Stadium, it was, it was shocking because, you know, this is, this, this, this is a rich history here. For it to be home opening and not hear any noise crowd or anything like that, it was a little different. But it's week seven. We're going into week seven. I think that a lot of guys are starting to get used to it. It's not ideal, but, hey, I think the guys is adapting to it, man, and just playing football and trying to keep things as normal as possible between the things we can't control. All right, let's have a little fun before we let you get out of here. You mentioned trash talking. I always find it interesting to find out who trash talks who on college football, but you went to Wyoming. So, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, do you have a big trash talk beef with somebody in the locker room Man, over Wyoming football? I, look, when people get to talking to Georgia, the Alabamas, a lot of you not. Somebody always bring up Wyoming. And I say, man, keep us out of it, man. I don't do that trash <laughs> talking. You know, and I'm proud of my pokes, man. I'm proud of my pokes, obviously. Uh, you know, go pokes, by the way. But, you know, I stay out of it, though. You know, I don't I don't, I don't, don't have a lot of the, the trash talk, man, when it comes to my pokes, man. I just let, you know, we blue collar. We just, we just go out there. We work hard, man. And we let everything else take care of itself. Well, I'd say this. It's worked for you. It's gotten you for a heck of a career, man. We really appreciate your time, Deshaun. Thanks. You're having a killer season. You guys are having so much success. Really fun to watch and fun to root for, dude. Thanks for so thanks so much for the time. We appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me, man. No doubt. Notice we made it the whole time. Never mentioned Khalil Mack. All right, coming up next, big news out of Dallas regarding the Cowboys and why I think their season's completely toast. We'll tell you about it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. The Cowboys are done. I'm just telling you now. Look, a buddy of mine that's a, a was a beat writer for years told me years ago, talking about teams that are bad, he said, look, when you walk in the locker room, 
and people start throwing everybody else under the bus. And they start going into that moment where they're protecting themselves. You know that the locker room's done and that everybody's just divided at that point. So when the Cowboys comments that I saw today that have come out that, uh, you know, according to multiple reports, uh, some of the players are coming out and saying the, the coaches aren't helping. They aren't preparing them, that nobody has any idea what the direction is. When you got players throwing coaches under the bus, what's that tell you? Tells you everybody's in save themselves mode. And I don't know how you put the toothpaste back in to the container from that. I don't know how you fix that. So let's get to some straight talk, straight talk wireless. And that straight talk comes from Jerry Jones. Cowboys owner was on 105.3 The Fan with Sean and RJ. Sorry, Shane and RJ. And uh, he talked a little bit about not being happy with the record, even though they're in first place. I'm not in the feel-good mood, frankly. Uh, that uh, we've been uh, uh, got manna from heaven, uh, being in the um, east. Uh, these things have a way of uh, evening out as we go along, and certainly the NFC uh, East is uh, having its challenges right now. Uh, all of that is uh, a way of not wanting to talk about other teams. Uh, when you're not playing any better than we are, uh, it's hard for me to... Uh, uh, basically um, uh, look to the end game, which is to win the East, and uh, get excited about the fact that we're uh, better than anybody. We may be slow, but we're ahead of you, Syndrome. Uh, we've got to get better to have uh, the kind of season that uh, makes sense for us. We may be slow, but we're ahead of you. That's some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. And it's interesting to me. Because when you think about what that means, like, I'm a little torn on this, guys. i got to be honest. Everybody knows my fandom for the Raiders and how many years I've sat through bad football teams. You think I would trade? I mean, if the Raiders finish 6-10, and 10, but they win the West. Am I good? Yes. Playoffs are all I care about. You think Seattle's apologizing for a 7-9 and nine team that went to the playoffs and won a game at home? Nope. You think the Cowboys, if they finish 6-10, and 10, win the playoffs or make it to the playoffs, they win a home game to start that thing? You think the Cowboys fans are going to apologize for it? No. I mean, think about Greeny. We hear Greeny all the time talking about the Jets. If the Jets finish 3-13 and 13 but win the East, you're going to be good? I know that sounds drastic. And look, I don't expect the Cowboys are going to suddenly win the division at 6-10. and 10. I'll be honest. I think at some point the Eagles will right the ship. I know that makes me crazy, but you got to pick somebody in that trash division. And if I have to pick somebody, I'm going to go with Philly. Everybody's injured on that team. Fine. I'm going to, if, presuming some of them can get healthy along the way, they still have a coaching staff and a quarterback in Carson Wentz that have been there before, that, that, uh, that know each other well enough, know their systems well enough, that I think they can have success if they can normalize. I saw Dan Orlovsky breaking down some of Carson Wentz saying, hey, they're going to go on a run. I can buy maybe that. But I can't buy at any level that the Cowboys will go on a run because they're too fractured. Now this comes down to players, leadership, and coaching. When you've got a bunch of talented players, and it's not one talented player, when you've got an entire group of talented players that are underperforming, can't always be the players. Part of it's the culture. Part of it's what's being allowed. But when you talk about culture and what's being allowed in the locker room, that has to lie squarely at the feet of coaching. Now, I can't imagine that the Cowboys are going to make some drastic change in head coach. I don't think any of us really believe that, right? But I do believe that Jerry Jones is giving you some indication of where he thinks the blame lies. Again, this is 105.3 The Fan, and this is important. Listen to what he says when he's asked about that defense that has been so terrible. What I do feel good about 
with this entire group is our ability. Uh, we do have the ability and we have the talent to make adjustments and play football with the personnel that we have. We just haven't done it. We will not have success until we take the personnel that we've got today and put it out there, not giving ourselves a big hole when we start the game to dig out a I mean, you talk. You think about what he's talking about there. He's telling you they have the players. I mean, if they have the players, he's also telling you Jerry Jones, who is so calculated in what he says. Everything that Jerry Jones says, or frankly, in 2020 hasn't said, all has a purpose. I believe that Jerry Jones is a very smart individual that knows the power of his words. And just like a college football coach that stands in front of a microphone, they understand what the purpose is of anything that they're saying. There's a purpose when you speak as a coach on who you're talking to. Are you speaking to the media? Are you speaking to ownership? Are you speaking to fans? Are you speaking to players? I mean, what is Jerry Jones telling you when he says they have the talent? He's telling you a couple of things. One, he's saying, hey, guys, I believe in the people wearing the jerseys. But he's also saying, hey, I buy that there's a coaching issue. That, to me, is staggering. This early in the season, when, again, as bad as the Cowboys have been, everybody in that division has been so terrible that there is the opportunity for somebody to turn it around. There is the opportunity for somebody to right the ship, and as bad as they've all been, none of them are in a hole that can't be overcome. So the division's there to be won. Now you have players turning around and saying, hey, this coaching staff doesn't know how to prepare us. They don't teach us. They don't seem to have a game plan. That speaks to a fractured locker room. Jerry Jones speaking out on 105.3, telling you that, hey, I believe that we have the talent, is now backing up the, that player's sentiment. He's telling you that he believes that the issue is coaching. Man, that's a staggering statement. That's a staggering statement, and it's an incredibly difficult one to put back in the toothpaste canister. Like, you think about what we ask from everybody. When a team is together, what do they say? Hey, you know what? We win and lose as a team. Quarterbacks will credit the offensive line, but then take the blame. Wide receivers will say, I got to do a better job. Defense will say, we're just rooting for our offense. Coaches will say, we got to coach better. This is all the way it always goes. For that not to happen is a staggering statement to why the Cowboys are done.